Um, let me play the song. I met this girl the other day that wanna know my story She said since the world against me, she all for me I told her God must have overheard my whole fruition Crazy high, I never would have thought to be in this position Cause see, hip hop say my life is such a cliche quote But before I grabbed the mic, I was supposed to try to vote uh, Sign my first deal off the realest shit I wrote Now to my city, I'm the closest thing to hope Used to be barely above water, now I float Same bitches in my DMs used to take me for a joke Niggas talk cold shit behind my back They call me bro like bro, you gotta match one before you blow I always leave the message on scene cause I don't smoke When really I don't fuck with had these niggas on the low And that's just how it go, she go damn nigga that's deep I know, tell me about it, my life be full of stress Fake niggas and sleep the private life Yo, 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 yo Welcome to the nine podcast i got my boys with me we doubled yeah. up on y'all ass two times two time two time four time four l that's what they kept saying to that shit yesterday four l four l four l <laughs> nah but it's big your boy is back we on the nine we talking our shit i got my boy k slay in the building hey guys i got my boy dom dollar in the building Boy. And we got a special guest in the background just talking about shit. It's the rock star in the building. Yeah. Yo, man, I'm gonna buy you a keyboard, nigga, because us doing our own sound effects now trash. Ah! We, can, we need to get our shit up. I'm gonna get a keyboard so you can be over there pressing buttons. Yo, low key, it's probably an app for that. <laughs> well, get the app. Send a host this shit. Yo, we it. gotta do better as a unit. We gotta find ways to continue improving. Oh, oh we're growing steadily. We're steadily growing. We have three listeners and two followers. It's, we do? Yeah, I dare got two followers. Progression, progression. You know what I'm saying? It's the fan. Progression, but, progression, progression. Right, progression. It's, a, it's baby steps to this thing. It's levels to this thing. But um, welcome. Thanks for pulling up again. Appreciate Thanks. you guys. Always, always. Um, I think today we're getting straight to the relationship talk. I don't even think we're going to do the sports talk today, ladies and gents. This is about who do you love? What do you love? <laughs> I don't know. What's the topic, Don? What are we doing today, Don? I mean, um, off air, we did, we did bring up something that, uh, that nowadays seems to be uh, an issue. And majority, I wouldn't say... Most, uh, primarily relationships, but like most of these new social media relationships, and it'd be that thing right there social media, social media and relationships. I feel like we should harp on that. Why do people put so much importance on that shit? Is it really, you know, why does why does social media affect relationships the way it does? Right. I think there's a lot of uh, factors to that, honestly. I think they can. I don't think they help relationships at all, honestly. Um, in my relationship, there's no social media like connection between me and my girl, honestly. Like we don't follow each other on any platform. Um, I don't have Instagram really crazy, so I'm really not on there. And Twitter, I just kind of off and on. So you know, Snapchat, 
it's just Snapchat. It's just super regular. So I don't know. You said what? But I think when I was in a relationship where our social media was prevalent, I think it ruined our relationship because, um, like, this is par- partially why I got up for Instagram. I was on it way too much, uh, looking at girls who weren't her. Um, and she's sitting right next to me, and I'm fucking double tapping. Like, you know. <laughs> No remorse, because I'm just not, you know, I'm just like, whatever. I don't take it personal. It's just like, I know I'm not about to see shorty. She's not pulling up to the crib. I'm not about to get the top. So I just, you know, I'm double tapping. Like, I see her. It is what it is. So does that fall on you or is that on her? I think it's an insecurity with her. Honestly. It wasn't me. Like, bro, like, you know, we all know that I'm not about to get fucking Drea. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going double tap. We're going double tap. We're going to tap twice. Like. Yeah, so she was getting mad about the double taps? Bro, what? She was getting bad about who I was just following in general. She was, I remember she was like, we're not going to say no names, but this is an old thing. This is not my new thing. She was just like, yo, why every scroll is some big booty? Because I like a big <laughs> booty. What the <laughs> But she ain't got no butt, huh? <laughs> she ain't have enough. She had a little <laughs> something. Nah, man, I think social media definitely messes up the whole dynamic. And I and I said I sat down with my parents one day and I said this shit. I was like, yo, mom, dad, y'all niggas had it easy <laughs> compared to like how life is now. They looked at me like I was dumb. Yo. I was like, yo, I was like, if a dude or a girl was truly interested in you, you had to like truly invest. You mm-hmm. feel me? Like it was no cell phones. So like, yo. You had to work to go get the number because you couldn't hit somebody up on Instagram right. or whatever, whatever. You had to really work the finesse to get the number. Right. Now, when Shorty tell you call at 6 because her pop's getting home at 7, you want to make sure you get home for 6 o'clock so you can be on that phone with her yes, before sir. her pops get home at 7. You yes, know what I mean? Or if she tell you to meet her at the park at 3 o'clock on Friday, you're going to be at the park at 3 o'clock on Friday. You, you feel me? It. So like you had to really you had to really have game at that time. Mm. You had to really invest. You had to really know how to talk to a girl. Like you had to really and it wasn't no really like being able to talk to 10, 15 girls at one time. I can sit here right now and be texting one girl, be texting five other girls, and they won't have any idea that I'm sitting here talk to a ring of bitches. hmm hmm It's easier you now feel- to, to, to do dirt. Right. And then if you are if you are doing something good for a girl, it's hard for her to appreciate because she's taking that and then comparing it to social media. Mm. Mm. And it's not and, and and social media is fucked up because people look at me all the time, and I think social media is not a great display of my personal life. Mm-hmm. I put me drinking and me turning up and all that shit on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, but I never show niggas like when I'm how I'm really grinding at work mm-hmm. or me sitting in meetings or me doing all kind of different shit. You feel me? So, I think I think <laughs> social media plays is a big ass facade that be fucking shit up for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think. Where, oh, oh <coughs> cuckoo, cuckoo, uh, Facetime me, but we gonna continue. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I think that social media is just a deterrent. It it, it makes people antisocial. You don't know how to talk to people. Um, you don't know how to deal with people. And again, like you said, you have five. You can have five girls. Shit, you can have 20, bro, like, three in your text, two on your snap, two, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to, to do that and just be talking shit. And a lot of girls are like, yo, if he gives me a social media attention, he's giving me attention. It's the wrong attention when it comes down to it. 
And um, I think our generation, I think we're at the point in life where we're on a cusp, where it's like, because we were born in the early 90s, that we kind of understand life without phones. So we understand like, all right, we could put this shit down for a while. People a little later don't, that shit is everything. That shit is literally everything. Don't get me wrong, there's people older the same way too, but they dedicate so much time and energy and thoughts to it. It's just, it's just so odd, you know. Yo, bro, I think the most disrespectful shit of all time is when uh, you're out with somebody mm-hmm. and they're always on their phone. Oh, my God. I hate that shit, bro. And I get it. Um, If you look every so often, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you check your phone if you got a text message, you check the time, you might respond to one or two text messages. But I think it is fucking disrespectful when you sitting at a table with somebody and you scrolling on the grant. And you don't re- and you don't even realize that you're doing it. Right. It's just so it's just so ingrained in them. Fingers just going. I don't be on the phone, but I, I, I got some looks, so I guess I do be on the phone. But you be on your phone. Matter of fact, matter of fact, um, I take that back. If if I'm dealing with somebody that's a business, like she's conducting business, like like for example, you guys are doing your agency shit. Like I got friends that's like doing a lot of shit, so it's like yeah, they are phone driven individuals because they need every every call could be can be a, a move, a mm-hmm. sense of action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now if you're on the phone because you're handling business, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I'll sit here and wait. You know what I mean? Shit, I might scroll Instagram until you come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if you just if you just on the phone just because like you on the phone and you can't you can have great texting conversation but you can't fucking hold the conversation in person you have a problem. Right, I agree. I agree, and that and I think a lot of people literally do not know how to function with other people around. Like they're like, yo, the only world that I know is my phone. Like what? What the fuck is wrong with you? I see. Yeah, that's different. That's different. What is wrong with you? Because I don't be. I, I let my phone die. Cause you feel me? I only really talk to four people. Uh, at this point, I can't let my phone die. Cause I don't know what fish will be on the line. Right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I gotta have my shit. Extra battery, <laughs> extra juice. Nigga got two phones. I got two phones. One for yo, stop. Yo, stop. Don't do that. Oh no. Everybody it's a, it's a work phone and a personal phone. You know what I mean? That's it. Business, personal. How's business doing, Benny? It's been slow right now. I'm working on it. You shitting me? Like it's, <laughs> like it's booming from my eyes. Yo, it's, yo, we got some time. I mean, I'm in, I'm in first gear right now, trying to, trying to shift up third. So, oh, we could, you know, it takes time. The relationships take time. I think social media is like something that makes this world hyperinflated. I think it doesn't allow relationships to take time. Um, because it's so much connection and social media, low key, I'll put iMessage and text message into social media a little bit because the the conversations and the back and forth and the consistency of like just being present on your phone, um, plays a part of it, right? Cause we could just say social media, but half the time you're on your phone, you're either texting, you're DMing or you're on tweeting. So it's like, you're just all kind of the same and I think honestly, we sometimes get so caught up in our phone and those in those phone relationships and pictures and all this shit. It's like, yo, when you see the person, do you show them love? Do you even pay them attention? Or are you taking pictures? It's not even that. You can't even talk to a nigga no more because we spoke about everything we talked about in text message. Yeah. So when I see you, what are we gonna talk about? What are we talking about? I know everything already. Your butt hurt. You wore jeans that was too tight. 
Sarah Man broke up with her and smacked the shit out of her. Like, we know everything by the time you get home for dinner. Yo, know everything. So it's like, what are we talking about over dinner? Like, you just took a left turn. Wow, talk about how he left. We hit a button, Slay? What's going on? We hit a button. So that's what kills you in relationships? I see. That's, that's, that's yo. what I see. Yo. You know what I'm saying? The conversation get dry. That's what. So they they go the key. They go one of the keys, ladies. Uh-huh. They go one of the keys. They keep the, keep the conversation going. They keep the conversation going. Don't post everything on social media. Uh-huh. So Kate can have something to talk about. There you go. Heads up. That's one. That's one tip. That's one tip. And don't text me all day. That's that's part of that same tip. Text me like twice. Yo, check on me if I'm alive in the morning. Yo, you good? All right, cool. How, where does that fall into a relationship? What? what? Those morning texts? From oh and yeah, no texts in general. What do you mean? All right, so I mean we, you know, me and you, we we, we see our shorties mm-hmm. on a on a often basis. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some day to night. You know what I'm saying? Do you text all day? Absolutely not. I literally why, probably text my girl throughout the day from like. Morning, I'll probably text her in the morning when I'm driving. We just joking about funny shit. Like shit I'm seeing on Twitter, I'll send it to her. Or like, you know, we'll just talk or just talk about how late we are for work because, you know, black people never on time to work. Um, Speak for yourself. Yo, okay, excuse me. Um, when I make some more money, then I'll show up on time. But they don't pay me enough to be there on time. Um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, and then like in the afternoon, maybe I'll be like, yo, what, what, what should I eat for lunch? But by the time I get home, I usually call her just to talk shit about my day, ask her how her day was. Or if I don't call her, I'll, you know, we'll talk when we get in the crib and shit. But I don't, we don't text all day, bro. Like, we're too busy, honestly. Like, we're too busy. We're too focused on what we're trying to do. So I think busy is great. I think busy is amazing, bro. I think busy is under... I think girls... Not all girls. I think from my perspective, yeah. a lot of girls aren't busy some enough. girls understand it. No, but I think they aren't busy enough in their own right. Like, all right, me and my man Dre was talking about this, right? And this is again, this is again a part of social media, the con- the consistent connection. We need so much connection. Let's say hypothetically, like, yo, I'm going to play ball. Some girls will sit in the house all day, and or they'll cry when you go to leave, and they'll be beasted for you to come back, text you every five minutes. And yeah, I know I dealt with a girl that was like that, and that shit sucked. Because when I came home, it's like. You arguing with me when I go out, and you arguing with me, so you're just gonna argue with me regardless. So, niggas, a lot of niggas be like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do, you figure it out after. Um, but in that scenario, it's like, you go out, she's like, yo, where you at? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yo, shorty, I told you I was gonna play ball. Like, chill the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. No, I think it's important girls have they have they have their own friends. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I was doing. I kind of lost myself. I'm a little fucked up. I I, I, w- I would like to wake up in the morning and I see Shorty getting dressed like, hey, I'm going to the gym with the girls, or we, I'm going to brunch with the girls. Well, right. fuck, fuck, all right. Well, hey, I'm gonna call Mark and Damo, see what they doing. Hey guys, right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I'm gonna go chill with the guys and let's let's catch up later. Right. I don't expect you to be texting me the whole time, like yo, we drinking. I'm on my way to so and so so and so. I babe, like yo. Text me later, whatever. Right. And then you might have texting spells during the day. But, like, no, I think that's when pillow talk becomes important or when it's dinner time. Like, yo, 
let me tell you about my day, or let me tell you what I saw in the news, or let me tell you what I heard. Mm-hmm. It brings actual conversation. Yo, and I, I, and I, I personally like the long car drive conversations. Those, those boom, those boom. Are... Like, but but if a motherfucker been texting you all day, well, yeah, if it ain't no long car drive conversation. Guess what? It's gonna be a lot of social media scroll. A lot of scrolling. A lot of fucking scrolling. It's so funny because <laughs> I low key like the long rock conversation. But sometimes I know myself, and I start to tell how I feel during those conversations. That's a part of the conversation. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Mm, it is a conversation. It is growth in our relationship. It's a conversation, and then it's part of the communication in a relationship that's needed, period. Period. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. Good, bad, or indifferent. At least I'm telling her how I feel. Right. right. And then there's no escape at the same time. Can't so. run from that. Can't run from that car. That two and a half hour car ride. Can't run on that shit. I don't know. I was just going to say, I think uh, a lot of girls just, they're different. I think some girls are doing it. Some girls, they, yo, they're all so different, bro. You can't put them in a category, honestly. But that's again, no, that's again how you, you weed, weed them out, too. Like, you're like, I fuck with her. I don't fuck with her. You know what I mean? That's why I was saying in the previous podcast, you cash, you need five or Five or so months. Five is a lot, right? Five is just... Yeah, you need time. That's true. But she might be interested right now. You really start to realize she has no conversation. Mm. She has no life. She has nothing to talk about. Like Wow. That, I, yo, that's the scariest point. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you're like, yo, what do you what do? You do? Like, like, think about that, Mark. Like, when you're, within the first couple of months, it's still new. Right. So, of course, they got a bunch of shit to tell you. They got a bunch of stories they might not have told. Right. And then the shit that's happening on a day-to-day. So, it's like, oh, my God. Like, this person, man, we talk so much. We have a great conversation. Right. You get to year one. Yo, man, I can't even talk to this bitch. Yo, I ain't got nothing to say to her. No, I'm sorry. Hold up. I called a bitch. Let's edit that. <laughs> can we edit that? No, nah, we can't even right talk there. to Queen. <laughs> I can't even talk to Queen. To the Queen. <laughs> I can't even talk to the Queen. <laughs> I can't even talk to the queen. Because cause she has, you start to realize that she doesn't really have a personality right. or she's not social or you guys totally think differently. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But that's where you come into play, bro. You gotta be able to, like, be able to read people and gotta know what you want. But, but that's why I said it takes time. So, like, but if, if I was to date somebody right now, I could have a lot of shit to tell them just based off of what we talk about. Mm. Yeah. You got a lot of stories yeah. to tell type shit. I got a lot of stories to tell. We've done a lot of stuff. But when but those then, stories run out, it's like, what do you talk about after that? Yeah. It's, it's almost like when like when the conversation dies, you sit there like, well, so, talk about the future. About, about those talk Yankees. About the, talk about the shit that you keep to yourself. Shit that you say to yourself. Mm. Right, but, but, but see, what if she has no depth you have to, to yeah. actually have a conversation about that? Right. Yo, so the scariest thing is when you have So would com- you be with somebody that doesn't have any depth in their, to their conversation? It, what no, they, but, but that's do, what I'm saying. It takes though. time to get that. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Some Right, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But I feel like in this day and age, it's hard to see that. Right. Because before, yo, I, I got to get to Michelle. Where Michelle at? Oh, I gotta, I gotta go to Marvish Park by three o'clock. She told me meet me at the entrance. Wait, I hope I got the right entrance. You know mm. what I mean? Like the butterflies of your stomach shit happened back then. <laughs> Nowadays, it's just like, man, if this bitch don't answer my text, damn mm. it, mm. 
Edit that, please. Mm. If this queen don't answer my text message, I'm hit up the other five queens. I got lined up, ready to go. If this whole don't take me back, I'm about to go to this bitch around the corner. Because <laughs> she got that. Queen. Cool queen around the corner. <laughs> We're not going to die on this podcast for calling people bitches. I mean, queen. <laughs> Yo, what the nigga said? I hate calling them women bitches, but the bitches love it. <laughs> Come on, bro. Well, I just don't want them to be. Cause I feel like the, the B word is going to be slipping out a lot. So I'm, I'm going to just train myself to start calling them queen. That's okay. That's fair. And we shouldn't call women bitches. But I hate calling women bitches, but the bitches love it. Sorry. You know, it just is what it is. Like, Drake sometimes just tells the truth. And now, to be honest, there are women, though. There are girls in this world that are bitches. Yo, this is facts, bro. That is I'm not sorry. That's not a lie at all. Just like it's niggas in this world, too. Like, we we refer to ourselves as niggas, but we're not niggas. We're black men. But this yeah. is from some niggas in this world running around. Yo, I'm happy you brought up niggas no more, because I wanted to touch on this topic. Okay. And, and But I usually die when I talk about this topic. I'm listening. Um, We're here with I, you. I, I feel like I'm usually with some ignorant motherfuckers when I have this conversation. Right. Us as black people, I feel like we sometimes put ourselves in the crosshairs and fucking get shot. And I don't mean literally. I mean figuratively as well. Okay. Explain. Like, you know it's wrong, but you're going to still do the wrong shit. And then when you get in trouble, it's like, yo, come on, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. like... Like, I feel like a lot of African-Americans... Matter of fact, I feel like a lot of minorities do that shit. And we do it at the wrong time. Cry, woe is me type shit. Cry, woe is me. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. like for example, one thing I think... I think what really pushes me on this topic and why I wanted to kind of have it is that we have all kind of shit that's happening mm-hmm. in, <clears throat> to a, a lot of minorities in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? True. True. And... We know who we know who's on top right now, but we continue to do dumb shit at the wrong time. As soon as we start getting that momentum going, to to say like, "Yo, they treating us wrong. Bad shit is happening," and we start to start and start to get an eye on it, mm-hmm. we fuck it up. <laughs> we, we fuck it up. Right. It be that one person that when we got everything going and we like, "Oh shit, we might have a chance to break out and really make a difference." Mm-hmm. A nigga, mm, <laughs> a yeah. fucking nigga will fuck it up. Right, that's facts. They just come Big in. They fuck. come in at the wrong time, and nigga didn't need that. We didn't need that here, buddy. You feel me? <laughs> I feel you, hundred percent. That's like, just... like and I'll use one when the cops when the cops was wilding and it was like people was dying left and right through the police brutality and shit right, like that, right? Right, right. And then. It'll be like, yes, we, we got them. We doing these marches. We doing all this stuff to show, like, yo, shit is happening. Mm-hmm. And I forgot who it was got caught on camera, like, basically just doing everything but what the cop was telling him to do. And he wondered why he got his ass whooped. Right. Yo, please, show your hands. I'm not showing my hands. I know my, No, you don't know your rights. Shut the fuck up and show your hands. Like, mm. and it's like he did everything. And, of course, that was the first shit to hit the news. Mm-hmm. And it takes away, it deflates everything that we had going. This is true. So what about what about the times when? Because we for every time that happens is a time where we're rightfully in the correct and we don't have to put our hands up. Like there's a lot of times, bro, that I realized, and this is just if you know people who've been through the system and know a lot of shit, that cops know the rules and we don't. So they'll tell us to do shit when we don't have to do that shit. That's it's literally not. You don't have to do it. It's in your rights to refuse to do certain shit so again like example if a cop like 
pulls you over and is like, yo, we have a probable cause to search your car. It's like, what's your probable cause? It smells like weed. That's not your probable cause to search my car. Like, that's what you're telling me, but there's not, you don't see weed. There's no weed evidence. So you don't have to get in my car. But what I've noticed, I watched live PD, nigga, they dig their hand into your car, open your car door and try to force you out of your car. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that literally happens. So for example, another great example, and I think everybody, whoever listens to this, if you guys haven't watched it, you guys should watch it. The Sandra Blanche documentary on HBO. Fucking amazing, bro. I honestly have yet to watch that. I'm going to be honest. I, I've, I've been scared. Not going to lie. Don't be scared, bro. I was scared to watch... Just, uh, the way that shit went down, bro, I don't mm-hmm. like seeing shit like that, bro. Because that shit... It, it frustrates me. Right. Right. So, it's like... It'd be difficult sometimes to watch shit like that. Yeah. But, bro, I'm not... I'm not what I'm saying, I'm not even really talking about just in like this whole cop, like put your hands up, free shit. I'm talking about us, period. Like, it'll be a time where it's just like, all right, black people can't get jobs, right? Remember that shit? Yeah. I, when I was younger, that's all you used to hear. Yeah. Black people can't get jobs. They don't give jobs to the blacks, whatever, whatever. Cool. Like, I now it's starting to become obvious that there's no minorities. So now companies, unfortunately, whether we want to take it as a pro or con, however we want to look at it, they now are forced to give minorities opportunity, right? What do you mean there's no minorities? What do you mean by that? Like, do you remember in the 90s, you look at, like, Fortune 500 companies, there'll be no black people in the company? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So now, like, certain jobs that we felt we deserved, we weren't getting. Right. But now it's, like, it's kind of changing, where it's, like, you're trying to make it a level playing field, whatever. But, all right. So, all right, I, I I always love having this debate because it's so important to realize that there are loopholes and these big businesses know how to fuck these loopholes. So, what I mean by that is that, for example, right, there's no there are many minorities in a lot of these companies, but they don't have black faces. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? They don't have dark skin. They usually have chinky eyes or... You know, not to say if they do have dark skin, they don't speak English and they're not from America or Africa. Like, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, they pick and choose wisely the minorities they put where they try to put them. Don't get me wrong. There are opportunities for us as black people from Africa, you know, from African-Americans from the South, from people from the Caribbean. There's opportunities for us to get into certain spaces. But trust me that we're not beating the Asian nigga there. Even if our grades are equivalent. You know what I mean? Just because... But, but I'm, not, I'm not even going that far down the road. Oh, we can't okay. get there. Okay. But I mean, when a person has an opportunity, or someone goes above and beyond to give us that opportunity to walk through the door, right. we fuck it up. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. But I, I can agree to that. I can definitely agree you know to that. I mean? and that's, that's my argument. I'm not I'm not saying that there, are, there aren't times where we are the candidate and we get bumped out or anything like that. No, 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 no. That shit happens. That's mm-hmm. the reality of our life. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the motherfuckers that they use that and abuse that and are living the life that they want to live because they use that as an excuse. Mm. They're not even trying. They're not you. even trying. Like, oh, I got a job interview. They're not going to give me the job anyway. So instead of wearing shoes, I'm going to wear Tim's and jeans and a hoodie. Wow. When I know, I know damn well I should have on a suit it's some dress shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I got an interview at 9, but I'm going to get on the bus at 8.59. Right. Like, come on, buddy. You should be there uh, at least an hour early 
go sit down, have a coffee, and wait. Be there early as fuck so you can make sure everything is right. Right. Nothing goes wrong. Like, no. <laughs> Niggas will fuck up their opportunity just to fuck up an opportunity. This is true. This is true. That's that that's what I'm talking about. The other shit, yeah, that's 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 deep and there's no real answer, answer to that. Right. I think I think yeah, uh minorities give uh, uh minorities of our descent, African like that dark colored descent, we mm-hmm. do sometimes get shafted out of a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And and I mean the ones that make it in the door, I get it. Right. You know what I mean? You do what you I do you there. I'm happy for you, I'm employed for you, and hopefully you can turn around and help out others but nah I ain't talking about that right I don't know I think um I think I think a lot of times we do cry woe is me and we don't understand that we're sometimes we fucking cutting our nose despite to spite our face type of shit we're just literally just like bro it's your fault and for instance all right I give you I give you an example of myself and I look back on it and a lot of people don't look back on it when I when I had opportunity that I was granted uh with a guy at an investment firm, I didn't really understand the investment firm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But at the time, I was fucking chasing girls. So my stupid ass is at work, or you know, he let me work there for a day or whatever, and I'm on the phone the whole day. But look how I just ruined my opportunity. Like I'm chasing a girl when in reality I should be chasing his money, and I should be here like busting my ass. You know what I mean? Just to show like, yo, I'm a worker, bro. So you know, I fucked that up. But on the back end, I think about that all the time, like. This opportunity arises again. I can't just be on some lackadaisical shit. Can't be on my phone, like you know, trying to entertain a female. Like, bro, no, you have to be present in the moment. And right. um, you know, I think a lot of people don't reflect enough about when they make mistakes like that. So they never make it. They never get better. They just kind of harp on when they, you know, oh, what was me? Like, oh, they don't want me because I'm this, or I'm not gonna get it because you just put negative energy into your mind. When in reality. Yeah. There's so much positive shit you could say to yourself to get you over that hump and get you those positions. You know, I've seen it done. So I think that's important. I think that's important. Um, I'm about to play this joint real quick. All right. I'm going to get into this track. I got my boy, Cowboy, about to give y'all some shit real quick, man. I just see him in concert. Murder. He's next up. You know what I mean? So check out my son, Cowboy. This is Swing. Nigga, 
take some time And I dream all through the night I saw things got traumatized In these streets trying to survive Swing, swing, swing through these tangled vines Swing, swing, swing through your block with nine You don't know about me, so you telling lies Swing, swing, swing through this jungle, it might take your life Back, we back, we back. 12th grade with it. 12th grade with it. 12th grade with it. Niggas didn't know, didn't know what brunches was, man. Let's talk about that. What the fuck? Graduation bro? brunch, yeah. Yeah, I, I started this I hope this whole yo, snake and egg shit bang, nigga. Nah, yo, you really did. Yo, real quick, yo, hold up. Hold up, real quick, real quick. Wait, 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 wait. That was Cowboy. Bro, that was 2010, bro. That was Cowboy. Wait, that was Cowboy Swing off of the Wild Boys album EP. Shit is hard. Check out my son from Chicago. That's Cowboy. We're not getting paid for none of this shit. We just love these niggas' music. Back to brunch. 2010. This nigga was the first. Yo, your parents definitely was the first people on brunch. And low-key, I think your parents knew that the area was going to start changing too. Because they had it in a really nice area. And that area is all white now, bro. You want to talk about it? White? Yeah. Where that brunch was at, bro? That's it, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, and now look how that how that shit look, he must, bro. He ain't Mama been there. across the street. He ain't been there in a minute. <laughs> Mama Sushi is Spanish as hell. What the hell you talk about? Yeah, but niggas look, gotta look, take look, the train to get there. Bro, I literally I went to uh some bar on the other side. First of all, let me let me start here. I don't have anything against gay people, but in Harlem there were like no gay bars. It's literally a gay bar right on the block that, that brunch was at. I went there the other day and had a dinner with my girl. It's not a gay spot. It's just like they open, you know, they got the flag in the window type shit. You wouldn't have seen that, seen that 10 years ago. Right. So. But, but. I'm saying. Hey, there's more white people moving into Harlem. That's fine. It's justification. But there's still a lot of Dominicans and Puerto Ricans living over there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm not saying there's not. But walk up there for a half an hour. It's always been like that, though. That's City College area. That's that's one fifty fifth. That's not City College area. City College is one thirty fifth. That's right there. One forty fifth. his brunch is on one fifty fifth in Broadway. No, it was on one. It was on the hill though. It wasn't on. So it was still. It was still like one forty ninth. It was still right there. Yeah, white people have always been over there, but it's just more now. Like yo, it's kind of crazy, bro. Like to see that shit. It's like, damn. Like, how does that make you feel, Mark? Um, to be honest with you. All right, I'll give you this, and I guess this will be our topic. Is fuck, we were gonna talk about brunch, but fuck that. I think this could be a good segment. Is um, I think gentrification is really good, but it's really it's a double edged sword, like almost everything in America. Like there's there's like part of it that makes a lot of sense, and if you can buy into it, it makes so much sense. But in reality, think about this. In 2000, and, let's say six, most people weren't thinking like your dad to be like, "Yo, I'm gonna like buy into this neighborhood because this neighborhood's gonna change." But you gotta think, your dad's into the business. He's also downtown where he's watched neighborhoods change very rapidly because downtown their rules are different. So when then when the rezoning came to New York to the Bronx, it was just like everything changed. 
And everybody's like, yo, what the fuck's going on? But you should have been p- paying attention that slowly but surely it was going to start happening everywhere. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I so back to my point, I think gentrification is really good in that aspect. If you can buy in and get a piece of the deal, that shit is great. But the bad part is that people are getting put out of homes that they, they don't know anything else. They, they have generations of people who've been living in that house, you know, like. And it's just like, they, where else are they supposed to go? You're supposed to just uproot themselves and move out of the Bronx or move out of Brooklyn or move out of, you know, wherever, Harlem. Just because someone, someone, someone so has $2,300 a month to pay for a fucking absurd rent in a fucking shoebox room? No, that's not fair, bro. That's not fair. I, I just think that New York has just become so over, like, populated with people that it's like the people who are actually from here, it just doesn't matter. Like, nigga... This is running on money. It's not run on fucking people who are from here. <laughs> right. You know? So, but with with that comes brunch, though. <laughs> safer, safer brunches. So, that's, you know, it's like that double-edged sword, bro. Like, we can... Bro, uh, hold on. Before you even get into brunches, that's kind of my feeling for gentrification. Okay. Like, it makes my neighborhood safer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I won't lie. Like, I remember growing up in Harlem, and, and, I, and I think it's kind of fucked up to know at a certain age which ones is firecracker the firecrackers and which ones is gunshots right i mean at seven and you constantly hearing hearing shots you constantly hearing people get murdered or somebody getting shot down the street from where the fuck i was just hanging out at or riding my bike with my friends like and that's happened to me literally so many times in my life as a kid i'm just like either not noticing it or it's just i i might you know i just wasn't there but it's like yo are you kidding me like Niggas literally just got shot. I was literally there 10 minutes ago. Yo, I'll say this. The craziest shit ever was when niggas let let it go when we was in indictment. And, like, in the middle of the game type shit, like, the game was playing. Niggas was running up and down, and somebody just yeah, started shooting. That, that Yo, literally, I had ran for my life. I was like, bro, I'm not about to die. Like, what the fuck? But, I, wasn't there. I wasn't there that night. Nah, it was me and Noodles. But it's just like, you know, this is... I live... We Like, this is where we live, bro. Like, why do we do this to our neighborhoods and then make it seem like, but this is a whole nother topic, bro. And I, I think that goes into the conversation I just had. With black, with about black people and just yeah. being like crying, what was me? Yeah, like, 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 yo, bro, like for example, you give, you give the black community a new building, mm-hmm. brand new fucking building, just freshly done, fresh coat of paint. The first five days is graffiti or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or fucking penis on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or someone pissing the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why? Like, we downgrade our own shit. Like, yeah. why aren't we taking care of our own shit? We definitely devalue our shit. But it's because we don't own it. Um, and Nigga, I don't care if I own it. That matters. The simple fact that I want to walk down the hallway and know when I walk down the hallway of my place of residency is kind of clean. There's no sense of ownership. So, all right. I'll give you an example, right? With, my brother lives in probably one of the nicest areas in the Bronx. In a sense of apartment building, the people who live in those buildings, um, it's not the nicest area. Don't get me wrong; it's right around the corner from the hood, but <clears throat> that's everywhere in New York. If you know, if you know the layout of New York, right? Like, nigga, you could turn a corner and be in the million dollar homes, and you turn the next corner, and it's like, yo, nigga, die over here. Like, you can see the remnants, there's blood still on the street, type shit. But long story short. <laughs> My brother, my brother, you know, lives in, you know, his family, his mom lives in a really nice neighborhood, but a lot of him and his friends treat that neighborhood like it's like the hood. It's all about the mentality because it's like, you know, the parents aren't like, yo, this is a bad neighborhood, 
but their 17, 18, 16 year old is doing what they see other people do in other buildings. So they're just bringing it to their building too. Like, yo. So they bring that lack of understanding. And then there's kids whose parents don't even understand what it is to have anything nice. They never had nothing at all, bro. These niggas just crackheads and shit like that. Like, they just, you know, it's just a, it's just about how you grew up, honestly. Honestly. That's low-key why I don't, I don't mind justification. It's like you said, it has its pros and cons, it's double-headed sword, because right. like you said, yeah, you're getting those people that don't know how to value or appreciate shit, and then you are getting those new people to come into the neighborhood, but now the prices is jumping. Prices is jumping out the roof. I'm low-key scared to move back just for the simple fact of course. <laughs> Like, I, I knew back in the days, my pop was like, yeah, yo, I had my studio apartment, da 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 uh-huh. Like, I was good. Uh-huh. Man, having a studio apartment now, nigga, you, like, what? It's so expensive. Like, almost your whole check is dedicated just to paying rent. Studio apartment is running for 12 So, studio apartment definitely going for 12 With no room, uh, no tub, nigga, you got a shower. Like, you in a dorm. You're paying 1200 for a dorm. That's like, you know... I some other shit. I don't know. I don't know how we do it as a, as New Yorkers. A lot of people are like, how the fuck do you live in New York, but Because we don't know any better. I think that's what it is. We, all we know is grind. Yeah. You know, I got my little box, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow to go get it. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. And I think that's how come you got, that's why New York City might have one of the best, is one of the methods for basketball. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, it don't take much to play the game. Mm-hmm. One friend just got to have a ball. You don't need no pads, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And a crate. And you got basketball going. Mm-hmm. I can work on my hand out all the time. I don't need no professional facility to train. Mm-hmm. Like, because all we know is get up and get to it. The grind. The grind, And, yeah. and when when you start showing, <laughs> showing people from New York other places beside New York and they start to see a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to fucking act no more. I know. I don't know how to fucking act. It's like taking the animal out of their habitat. Mm-hmm. Our habitat is just naturally aggressive. And it's funny. I, I see it with my mom. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. When we go to the mall, like my mom moved out of New York. And uh, obviously these guys know that, but I'm just telling the listeners. My mom moved out of New York when I was kind of, when I was like 17. So it was a funny time. But she's been out there for 10 years and it, she's never, that New York is never going to leave her. Like, she, we could be in the mall. She, if somebody asks her a question, she just so, sometimes, you know, she's just so strong with her answer. It's like, damn, like, my mother doesn't even know how strong she really, you know, verbally is. But we don't know it as a, as New Yorkers. We don't know how aggressive we are. We just, we're just talking. You know what I mean? That's right. Yo, so it happens so much. Like, when people be like, yo, where you from? I'll be like, the Bronx. they be like, I knew you was from the Bronx the way you said that shit. I'll be like, damn, bro, like. I don't know, but yeah, um, I just think I think a lot of people don't understand how aggressive you can be, and but it's it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Honestly, I was telling somebody the other day. I like my personality in the sense that I can be aggressive, but I also turn it off for business purposes. Like I know how to I know how to flip flop, and I wouldn't even call it cold switch because I'm always gonna be me. But I'm definitely I know when and where to say what and how to say you know say it type shit. A lot of people aren't good with their words, so that's why you get black people who can't talk themselves out of situations or talk themselves into a situation. You know what I mean? Interesting. It's interesting. 
it's being able to decipher, you know? Yeah. When, where, why, and how type shit. When, Facts. where, why, and how. I think it's really based on your on on your environment. Yeah, the people who teach you. The people will teach you because mm-hmm. I know when I was living in the, when I was living in Harlem, I think I think my approach to a lot of things were like really really aggressive and stuff like that. Like I was always on guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when I had when my attitude was bad because mm-hmm. I felt like I had to show that I was tough. Mm. So you wasn't gonna tell me shut up. So if you told me shut up, I was gonna punch you in the face. Right. Well, I felt like I had to. I had to show my worth. I had to show my power. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. respect. I think uh, once once my parents made me move downtown, and I got to see how other people move. Mm. Like I, that's when I started to be like, oh, like I like right. I don't have to be. I don't have to be beating on my chest. It's actually those guys that's sitting back. Like yep, yep, whatever. Mm. That's the ones that's really calling all the shots. Mm-hmm. You know what I love? I love to see like short, short, fat motherfuckers like who are just not like super tall in stature, but they're just you know average kind of person. Older men like forty five, sometimes white, sometimes black, and they're just like doing their shit. And you're like, yo, how do they make it? Because you know they always be like, yo, tall people usually make it, short people usually have a harder time. And mm-hmm. it's and I don't know whatever that's just human shit. But it, I love to see a small guy. In the mist because you know he worked his ass off. You know what I mean? Like he just he just he just worked his fucking ass off, and it, it's so funny to see it. Like a lot of us, we don't we don't understand what that means, bro. We don't understand what that means. We don't understand what it means just to to learn certain certain character traits. Right. You know, like. And you you know the small nigga he he works harder than the average motherfucker, and it's just it's just so funny to see that. But like again, you know I feel like in our in our communities, not enough of us see the world. I think you started to hint on that a little bit. Not of us like we were fortunate to see the world at a young age, like thirteen, like twelve, like niggas was going to other states without our parents. Right. You know what I mean? At an early age, in those long bus rides, just getting a look at a whole nother world, like that shit changed us, bro. We knew it was a bigger world out there. And then we started mingling with millionaires at a young age. Then we knew this shit is this shit is possible. Right. This shit is possible. His dad drink and smoke just like my dad. This shit is real. You know what I mean? But they like, just wake up and get to it in the morning. Yeah, they 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 attack it a whole a whole different way, right. So I think this. I think this is a message to the black man, the Asiatic black man. We can do it too. Just don't talk just yourself out of bro. it. You said what, Dom? I said definitely, but just people. I think it's the fear of people. Talk yourself out of it. I think the fear is natural, though. Is it natural to be afraid of being successful? Honestly, because you don't know what's gonna come with that shit. True. True. And it's, true. And it, you know, for a lot of people. They think like, yo, I'm going to be successful and that's it. But in reality, you have to get there and stay there. This is not like a, I got here and I'm chilling. Like, no, it could get real different. It get real tricky up there. Right. You know? So, I think that's why I always say like, yo, we kind of in a good spot for, for the for the back end of our lives. Because we are just so ahead at the early, at the early point that we can think navigate through a lot of bullshit you know a lot of people can't navigate but i don't this. i don't i don't think it, it i don't i think it's good but it's bad why because certain things that we look at we won't get the support that we need how so what do you mean so like for example right like i right, besides us that's 
me, you, and Dom, mm-hmm. and then you add Cuckoo, you might add Chad, and you start adding a couple other people that might understand it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand the shit that we talking about. So you don't need to be around them. So all right, you're right. But now let's take a step further, right? Now trying to find girls that understands that. You don't need to be around those who don't understand that. So you, so it starts getting real tricky. Who the fucks in your life? Yeah. And it starts making it harder for you to actually move because the people that is at your pedigree and at your time of life mm-hmm. aren't on what you're doing. Mm. Well, you so know, like, like you look at you look at people that's forty five years old and have businesses and they have friends, right? Mm-hmm. You only as good as the company that you keep. Mm. But fortunately enough, I don't know when they figured it out. I don't know if they figured it out at our age. I don't know if they figured it out when they was at thirty, but they group got it. Yeah. And now look at they group. They group understands it. Like for example, LeBron James and his circle. Mm-hmm. They agreed that 18, 19, 21 years old, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're grinding towards that. Mm-hmm. But because LeBron James was LeBron James, they was able to go into a different circle to mingle, get support, and actually climb the ladder. Right. We don't get that kind of support because right. we we are missing someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're missing a couple of people that can get us in the right spots. I think we have them. I think it's just about tapping into that network type shit. Like, so... What me and Dom are doing, so for my listeners, me and me and my brother Dom, and obviously Kerry is a part of it too, but in his own, you know, he's a shadow, he's a shadow partner. <laughs> but we started a business and our business is very, we are, we're a sports agency, our business is relationship based. Um, and it's about, in this business, I'm realizing it's about knowing who knows who and how we can get close to them without being a cornball. Is how I try to navigate it. Like, without trying to be a clout chaser, like, yo, I'm genuinely, genuinely here to help. I'm genuinely, perfect way to put that. You, know, you, say, you say it again? I said that's the perfect way to put that, bro. Uh, 100%. But with that, it comes with knowing certain people. So you have to know certain people to get in that circle just so they could feel your vibe. Not, like, forcing your way in that circle. Like, yo, somebody called me, tell me to pull up. I was there. Type shit. Um, I think it's about having friends who are motivated, but in different lanes, because those lanes kind of coexist. You know what I mean? Like a person, like for instance, right? You you you're out. You're out with a girl. She's cool. You conversating like, yo, what are you into outside of so and so? Like I'm, I do this, I do that. You know, my boys in photography. So that's one day. Day two. Now you know it's more people around. And then maybe day three is a kickback. So now it's like mad people around. And you're getting closer and closer to her network of friends. You never know who she knows. You never know who she knows that he knows that they know. And they might be at the next kickback. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think I think you're as good as your network, bro. You're honestly as good as your network. Yeah, I don't get invited to too many kickbacks. Oh, my gosh. Because you are the kickback. Bro, think about this. When we, when, <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop. When we was stop. lit, everybody was calling us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was on our horn like, yo, where y'all doing? When we Invite us here. Invite us there. So it's like, trust me, we all get invited to a kickback. It's just, it's different. So you just moved out of the city. So that's a different kind of vibe too up there. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Point of uncomfort for me. Mm. Well, it's the uncomfort that you got to get comfortable with. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's where success comes. Once you get comfortable in that un- uncomfortable space, it's like 
you start become to become a beast. You, yeah, you start to become a beast, bro. Nothing scares you no more. Like you kind of forget about the fear, and that's what I was gonna say though, low key. Like the fear sometimes, bro, holds people back. But you gotta understand that shit is supposed to motivate us. Like, but trust me, I I, I definitely feel you. Like I, I want to ask, bro, but I don't want to be, cause she's trying to get there too. So what is like her giving me her spot? Not uh, you can't look at it like that. Y'all looking at it. Y'all trying to do two different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know this is very true. This is very true. We are doing it's not, very. Good. It's not like she's coming to get into marketing. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's how she's transitioning. Or like or or whatever the position she's looking at. But I don't know. I I just I want to. Like again, like we was talking about, I be wanting to get in the room. Just get me in the room. No, yeah, she might know. be able to get you in the room. Yeah, this is true. This is true. All right, I'm gonna sign out though. Yo, thanks for coming to this pod, yo. I appreciate y'all, hundred percent. Y'all always dropping jewels, man. Another good hour, some good talk. I hope my listeners can take from what we're talking about, and you know, implement it in their lives, or just give them a different way to think. You know, that's what this platform is for. Like, people ask me what my podcast is about. It's about whatever. It's about growth. More about nothing. More, yo, dead ass. My podcast is more about nothing. But I won't name it because I'm going to have to owe people money. And uh, that's why it's called a nine. Because we talk shit on the block. You know what I mean? Just keep it straight. But um, I want to thank my guys for being my brother Dom, my brother K Slay. Thanks for being with me. Anytime, bro. All right. So we're going to play this last joint. Got a little nip for y'all. No, always come through with the nips. Got my boy from San Fran, from the Bay. He might not be from San Fran. He might be from the Oak. But he from the Bay. My boy Rex Life Raj. This is Great Cloud. Check him out. Little nip from your boy. Look, hey. When I was little, bro, the preacher had a prophecy that I would be a pastor. I don't think this what he meant, but I could feel that shit like way being a rapper. My mama always knew that I'd be big as fuck, plus I've been big as fuck since I was little shit. Never outgrew the silly shit. When Dev died, I realized how fucking real it is. Try to find his face in the stars, that's where the ceiling is. Ooh. I mean, I'll see one, why wouldn't I see you niggas if it like we watching reruns? He get a little shine and then I count the time till he done. I've been on clock for a minute now, but we just begun. I feel the stars align, I feel the pieces falling one at a time. I pray that patience fills up all the empty space in my mind. Pray for my mental. I'm rolling like this whip on tour right now. Pray for the rest. 247 with the mob. They want me to stop. Never would I ever, nigga, underdog, but we on top And it won't stop, never would it ever, nigga clouds and raindrops I still see the sun behind the gray clouds and raindrops I still see the light When I was little, bro, the pastor had a prophecy that I would be a preacher I don't think that's what he meant, but shit, maybe it is Cause I'm making believers I travel with the word like I'm a missionary 
more of a visionary Cause I saw more for myself than a cell of cemetery Semen in my name is stone, it ain't that I switched up I just don't be on what you own, forever level up and grow Write these raps like I'm writing goals, they all in my phone You not serious about what you own, I hear it in your tone You just want attention, bitches, money, fame I hope you get it all just to realize you still a fucking lame I don't count success by my money, I count by life change This whole shit full of mind games, my God, pray for my mess. It get bumpy like this whip on tour right now. Pray for the rain. Two, four, seven with the mob. They want me to stop. Never would I ever, nigga. Underdog, but we on top. And it won't stop. Never will it ever, nigga. Clouds and raindrops. I still see the sun behind the gray clouds and raindrops. I still see the light. Whoa.